Guess what, guys? Life is getting more expensive. It is not your imagination. Inflation is a fact, and we talk a lot about it in my family, especially because we eat a lot of eggs. I don't know about you guys, but it used to be a really affordable thing. Now, not so much. All the price hikes, so much stress. And then at work, everyone's trying to focus, but so many of us are on edge because who knows if today is the day we get called into a meeting and are told, this is our last day. Because we heard about it happening to other people, right? Not just the news reports. It's our friends, family, people we do business with, and of course, our colleagues. That means for a lot of us, we are not as productive as we need to be nor are the people that report to us or that we report to. It hits everybody because who can really focus with all the mental stress and financial anxiety that comes with it? Studies show companies lose thousands of dollars per employee in lost productivity because of all of this financial anxiety. I want to help companies invest in peace of mind for their teams. Without their best employees, at their best, everyone loses. So if you are feeling stressed at work, I want you to get in touch. I have a new venture called Financial Wellness Strategies. We have programs and resources for companies who value their employees' mental health and financial wellness. Go to financialwellnessstrategies.com for more information about how we can help you and your company set teams up for success. Let's move beyond the stress and all the talk and take action. Go to financialwellnessstrategies.com and we can invest in peace of mind together. I have a strategy. It's a real simple one. It's called 10 and 10. Write down the names of 10 people who have a job that you want and 10 companies that are of interest to you based on what you've seen in the news, what you've researched, and you want to reach out to those people at these companies, ideally fellow alumni, because they tend to be the most friendly and the most willing to talk to you and ask them for 15 minutes of their time. Tell me how you got there. Tell me what skills you needed to be successful in the job. Do you have any advice for me? Anyone else that you'd recommend that I speak with? That strategic networking alone is so much more productive than just blindly applying and throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what happens. You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grownups with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of Launching Financial Grownups, because you know what? Grown-up life is really hard, but together we got this. doesn't remember the hunt for their first job as a grown-up. I'm talking about our first job where it's not just a job for extra cash while in school or something like that. I mean the first job where this was what you did. It was your primary focus. You weren't still in school. And while you may have still been living with your parents, the expectation was that you were out of childhood and this job mattered. I remember feeling like Everyone else had it so easy. Recruiters came to my college and all the kids with those fancy finance majors, they got multiple offers and off they went. Problem solved, tie it up with a bow. I, of course, languished the summer after graduation trying to break into TV news. I can only imagine the stress my parents were feeling, something we don't always appreciate till we are parents ourselves. I had the college education, but nothing was happening. Now, as a parent myself, I was, until recently, in the same shoes, cheering on my recent grad, but not able to do much to help them land that first grown-up job. My guest, Beth Hendler-Grunt, is here to help with a mix of specific steps that we can take 
and some tough love too for both the next generation and to be clear, us parents. Her company, The Next Great Step, focuses on guiding college students and recent grads to help them land the job they deserve, the job they've been working towards all those years. Her new book, also aptly titled The Next Great Step, is a roadmap for parents and almost adults that is getting results. Here is Beth Hendler Grunt. Beth Hendler Grunt, you are a financial grown up. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Congratulations on your book, The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. I love this book so much. It reminds me of sort of a career version of launching financial grownups because you focus on what the next generation or emerging adults can do when they get out of school to get a job. And it's a little more complicated than it was, well, maybe a lot more complicated than it was when our generation, and I am referencing Generation X for anyone out there, when we were first looking for jobs, we had different challenges. The first thing that you talk about is you want to get paid what you're worth, so you need to put yourself in the shoes of your employer. Talk to me about that and how it's relevant to emerging adults to almost adults and how their parents should approach that. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks so much for having me on. I think what we see with um, a generation who's coming out of school and so many young adults is there's this feeling that they're most of their life, they've been told how great they are. And there's a lot of like, everybody gets a trophy. And so there's this expectation that things will work out for them. And that just because they went to a good school and they got the grades, which is what we told them to do, that they will get the job that they deserve or their dream job or a job that pays them money that they feel like, you know, should really enable them to do things that they want. And what we see is that sometimes they're more focused on how the job is great for them versus how they're able to help an employer. And if they really want to get paid what they believe that they're worth, they need to actually take a step back and think about what's important to the employer. How do I add value to them in a way that helps them to achieve their goals and their metrics versus coming in and telling someone, well, this job would be great for me. And as much as that might be a nice thing, most employers really want it to be great for them. And one of the ways that they can do that is really thinking about, you know, putting yourself in not only their shoes, but what are the skills that you have that can really add value to that company, that manager, that organization that enables not only you to help leverage the skills that you have, but help that company achieve something. And I think sometimes uh, young adults often skip the step. I think parents as well. I'll speak for myself too. I'm also a parent of a recent grad and a parent of a college student. So I understand I'm living this real time and often we'll tell our kids, you know, just go for it or you you deserve this or I'm going to introduce you to a friend. But we need to make sure that our kids not only have the right background and skill set, but they also have the story and the clarity on how they talk about themselves and the skills they have to offer. It's not just that you're responsible and trustworthy. It's something like you know how to research, you're analytical, you're a great writer, all these things that are really concrete skills that show someone what you can do. And you have to have a story behind it. It can't just be, well, I know how to do this. It's, well, tell me how you did it or tell me how you've done that in a class, in a project, in a part-time job. So I know how you can really help us in our organization with the skill set that you have. 
And one thing you talk about in the book is that it's kind of like an elevator pitch. And you even say that parents should push their kids to practice it out loud, which is something I think could get some pushback, though. What do you do about that? Oh, I, I yeah, <laughs> it's funny. And I just we just had some clients yesterday. And w- one of our big parts of our program is that you are practicing what you're saying out loud. And that can be very uncomfortable because on paper, it looks great. You have this great story and you have or this great resume or this great explanation of tell me about yourself. But saying it can be very different from having this, you know, perfectly worded content, because a lot of times, as I tell young adults, people don't read and they don't listen. So you need to have a really clear, concise story about what you want them to know about you. And you need to be able to say it in a way that exudes confidence, that you know what you're saying, you know where you're going and what you want them to know. And the more you practice that, the better that you'll get at it and the more you'll be comfortable at it. And it's hard because a lot of young people are so used to technology being the way that they communicate and they're uncomfortable with a lot of the more traditional human ways that people communicate through phone calls and follow-ups, maybe trying to meet with people in person. And then again, following up, that's another thing that's generational, but still, especially with the job market shifting as it is, could be helpful for parents to teach their kids about. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We I always go through this concept, the same thing you said, has the job market changed from when someone like you and I look for a job or, you know, Gen Z yeah. or Gen X to now? And in some ways, the technology, I think, makes it a little confusing where there's a lot more reliance on it, thinking that if I just apply to 50 or 100 jobs, that it's a numbers game and it'll work out. But there's some things that I feel like are very much the same from years ago that are very effective, such as picking up the phone and calling someone and expressing interest in a, in a role or asking to be curious, saying, like you, I went to the same university. I had a similar major. I'd really like to learn more about your role and how you got there. So that yeah. ability to network and talk, that is still incredibly effective today. And people want to hire people that they know or have met and that they trust. And forging that relationship and building a relationship through targeted networking can be incredibly effective and can be the main factor as to a differentiator as to why a company chooses you over someone else. Curiosity and flattery can take you far. I do want to move on to the second thing, and that is talking about maxing out your 401k from day one on your job, setting aside the maximum contribution you can. This is something that kind of gets lost in all the noise with all of the acronyms out there with HSA and FSA and 401k and IRA and Roth and all that. People get confused, but there's certain things that are sort of more important than others because they can be supercharged by what their employer is doing. I don't know that emerging adults always know the difference of what to prioritize. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of overwhelm and sometimes just good financial aptitude and skills are the same way. It's not always taught about how to find a job. It's not always taught about how to manage your money in a way that really sets you up for the long term. And I was very fortunate uh, when I came out of school, I did have a job working for AT&T as a salesperson selling phones and phone equipment. Um, But something that my father said to me, he said, right off the bat, you should take the the max that you can put into 401k. So at the time it was 16% and 6% of that, the company matched it. So that's like 
free money. I don't, you know, it depends. I don't people realize that, but put it away and try to live on your salary less than 16% and it will make a huge difference down the road. And it's important for parents to not assume that their kids are getting that information or that push from the company, from the HR department. Very often, they're just sent a link to a website and not necessarily specifically getting the information from a human who will encourage them to actually put the money in the 401k and make sure it's invested. So it's important for parents and even, you know, peers. If you have a friend that got a new job, don't be afraid to bring it up to them and say, hey, I did this. You should really look into what your company is doing because having these discussions can really be impactful for people. The third thing, I love this, hope is not a strategy. If you have certain financial and career goals, you need to have a step-by-step plan to get there. A lot of people really feel that, you know, if you manifest it, if you focus and just, you know, have a positive attitude, good things will happen. That's absolutely important as part of a plan because it is hard to stay motivated. I mean, I know we've all experienced young people who get frustrated because it is really tough when you get out there, but you got to do more than hope, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Hope is good and being positive is good. But you also need to take action. You know, it's the same person who says, well, I'll look for the job tomorrow or I'll Mm -hmm. start that next week. And you can't just assume. I think there's a lot of faith. And I understand this. A lot of young adults went to Mm -hmm. college and was promised on the campus tour that when Mm -hmm. they finished, that companies would come find them and look for them because of their schooling and their grades and it doesn't quite happen the way that you think. It's much more competitive. And you can't just hope that someone will figure out how amazing you are without saying anything or putting out information about yourself or reaching out to others. And you need a plan. And I think this job search process is very overwhelming. It's intimidating. And many are not sure how to navigate it, or they have one setback or one you know, application and they hear nothing, they get ghosted. They're like, oh, forget it. I'm not good. <laughs> they don't want me. <laughs> what, what we think is it, it's a process. You can't yeah. hold all your hopes on, you know, I have this one person who said they will talk to me or one potential job that I saw and I thought my credentials really match. It's, are you really have a process of how you're going about it. What are you doing today? What are you doing tomorrow, next week? What's the list of people? I have a strategy. It's a real simple one. It's called 10 and 10. Write down the names of 10 people who have a job that you want and 10 companies that are of interest to you based on what you've seen in the news, what you've researched, and you want to reach out to those people at these companies, ideally fellow alumni, because they tend to be the most friendly and the most willing to talk to you and ask them for 15 minutes of their time Tell me how you got there. Tell me what skills you needed to be successful in the job. Do you have any advice for me? Anyone else that you'd recommend that I speak with? That strategic networking alone is so much more productive than just blindly applying and throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what happens. And then the follow-up is also important there because then what happens next when the person spent 15 minutes with you? A lot of young people might say, well, they'll call me if something becomes available. This is probably the most frustrating thing for me. There's this feeling like, I don't want to be a pest. I don't want to bother them. I said, first of all, if you don't send a thank you note, that's already like a negative in my book that you don't want it as you didn't appreciate their time, that you're not as interested. So you must follow up. You must send a thank you note. And I'm all about, you have to keep following up until you get an answer. So my suggestion is you follow up every seven days via email 
and find things that are in the news or say, oh, I read this and I thought of you, just wanted to see where you are in the process until they give you an answer. Because that's the ones who are persistent and have the grit to keep following up. Those are the ones who tend to get hired versus those who retreat and say, oh, I'll just wait. You have to assert yourself in this process. Thank you so much. Tell me, where can our listeners find out more about you and the next great step? Sure. They can find out about us at our website, nextgreatstep.com. And if you're interested in a complimentary consultation, just click the little button that says, let's talk. We welcome the opportunity to speak with you or student, recent grad to see how we can support you. And if you're interested also, we just wrote the new book, The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. It's available on Amazon, Walmart, Target, everywhere you can buy a book. And uh, it'll really give you the step-by-step process if you want to work your work with your young adult to help them be successful. And it's a great book. I whipped through it. I learned a lot and a great companion to launching financial grownups. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. A big thank you to so many of you that have already bought my new book, Launching Financial Grownups, Live Your Richest Life by Helping Your Almost Adult Kids Become Everyday Money Smart. This book was not easy to write because I had to get honest with myself about what was working with my teen and young adult kids and what was not working. And I also had to be prepared to share it with all of you. So first of all, thank you for your support and your wonderful responses to it. There's definitely some things in there that you may not have been expecting to hear. By the way, I got a lot of help from my money expert friends and also financial therapists and parenting experts. I am really happy with how launching Financial Grownups came out, even though it really was hard to be like I said, that honest, and um, it was a lot of work, but I really love doing it, and I'm really happy with how it came out. On that note, if you have not already, please pick up a copy of Launching Financial Grownups today. After you do, please share it on social media. Please leave a review on Amazon. Those reviews are super important because the algorithm picks up on them, and that can make the book a lot more visible to more people. So I truly appreciate it, and I really also appreciate all of your support. One takeaway from my interview with Beth is that parents or friends who want to take control want to make introductions, and that's all good and so well-meaning. But Beth warns that we also need to make sure that our young adults are actually ready. They will often nod and say thank you, and they're thankful, but the minute we step away and assume they will take it away from there, they don't sometimes, or they don't even know what they're not doing. So take the time to go through rehearsing things like the elevator pitch. And then also, while you should, of course, not be writing their emails and so on, there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking a look and maybe making a few suggestions. And of course, be careful with your tone there. I am so thankful to Beth Handler-Grunt and The Next Great Step for helping us all be financial grownups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media, LLC. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts, by going to my website, 
bobbyrebell.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown-up. The podcast and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at bobbyrebell1 on Instagram and bobbyrebell on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, Help your friends on their journey to being financial grownups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.